You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, NFL fans? Happy New Year from the Locked On NFL podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jake Lisko, along with Ryan Tracy. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast for your everyday updates on everything going on in the NFL. You can find me on Twitter at Jake underscore NFL. You can find Ryan at Ryan Tracy NFL. We're in for a ride. We've been on a ride for a couple of days, a little bit quieter today. We're recording this at about 6 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday night. The new league year has opened but it was a little bit quieter in the tampering period than it had been in prior days. Not necessarily the case though, Ryan, for the Arizona Cardinals who continue to get older and maybe get better, but to go along with their JJ Watt acquisition on Wednesday, they trade for Rodney Hudson, who's maybe the best center in the NFL in the last decade. And they go get AJ green. Who's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL in the last decade uh, but with Green, I guess you don't really count the last three years or so. Yeah, it's tough to see that. Uh, the last couple of years have been a little bit lost for AJ, but certainly I think this signals that that Steve Kime and the group in Arizona is buying into giving Kyler what he needs, when he needs it. Help up front certainly does. A couple extra targets. I know they tried to go big with Butler a couple of years ago, give a big target out there. It didn't quite work. I'm not sure that AJ's back, but this thing with Rodney Hudson, I think has been kind of an interesting story all the way around from leaking, hey, we're going to let him go to fishing for what you might get and actually getting some decent value for him. Yes, he's the best center in the league, but if you're going to like leak a position, is there one that you'd rather go with rather than center? Certainly seems like there's more to this than what we see on the surface. It is easy to speculate that perhaps Rodney Hudson wanted out and the Raiders, they were ready to cut him. They're ready to let him go. They redid his deal a little bit to, to get prepared for that move. And they found a trade partner. I think they did pretty well, quite frankly, to get a third round pick for Rodney Hudson. He had a bit of a down year in terms of pass protection, which is what he's really hung his hat on. But Still, with the, with that kind of pedigree early in his 30s, I expect that he's still going to be a very good player for the Cardinals. It's just a trend for them at this point that they're getting these older guys. They did the void year deal kind of thing with, with J.J. Watt where they are not hugely mortgaging their future, but they're going in. As you said, they're going in right now. That's an interesting move for them because I don't know if they've got all the pieces yet but I guess they, you know, they, they really believe in their quarterback. Maybe this is a big year for Cliff Kingsbury down there. Maybe this is their, hey, we're going to give you the tools. And if you don't get it done at this point, we got to get it going with Kyler. And, and maybe you're not the guy to do it. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. Like, okay, we've had our, our growing time. Now we need to put up points. And we're going to give you what you need. New center certainly helps. A new target certainly helps. And a little bit more support on the defensive side. I think gives you probably the best opportunity so far for Kyler Murray to do what he does. And I think that if you can keep him from taking as many hits as he took last season and let him kind of cook a little bit more, I think they're they're doing it in a way that I think you're not mortgaging the full future. Maybe the next couple of years are going to be a little bit tight. We'll see what the cap goes up to. 
But I feel like, hey, this is what they need, a little bit more veteran edge to do some of the little things that can help the quarterback really ascend to what his potential is. They're certainly leaning into that veteran presence, that veteran savvy with A.J. Green and Hudson and Watt. They also bring back Kelvin Beecham. That is a retention they make along the offensive line. I just kind of wonder, looking at the wide receiver market, if A.J. was really the way to go. I went on with Bo Brack and Alex Tracy on the Locked on Cardinals podcast today to talk a little bit about the A.J. Green fit. And what I said was, you know, him playing second fiddle might give him an opportunity to rejuvenate his career a little bit. He still has a body control. He still has shades of that old A.J. Green athleticism. He still has that route running savvy for a guy that's 6'4". I mean, a silky route runner at his height. So it'll be interesting to see how he fits down there, kind of taking the Larry Fitzgerald role, perhaps, or maybe playing with his idol. He loves Larry Fitzgerald if, if he's back in Arizona, which is kind of hard to see at this point. But I, I do think that there's a chance that AJ has a bit of a, a, a bounce back year, just with all the focus being on DeAndre Hopkins. Should be exciting to watch the Cardinals. But of course, they'll be contending with the rest of that NFC West trying to figure it out. And Deshaun Watson could be on the move. I don't necessarily know that it's going to the NFC West, but he was back in a lot of trade chatter on Wednesday. And we'll get into those possibilities coming up next. The chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics versus us do-it-yourselfers. But rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing their prices based on whims like the airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice the money for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in there, how did you hear about us box, so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com We really love Built Bars here on the Lockdown Podcast Network and... They got Built Bar Madness going on right now. You can vote for your favorite Built Bar at BuiltBar.com. And let me tell you why you should go. They're the best tasting protein bar on the planet. High protein, high fiber, low sugar, low calorie, real chocolate. Does it get better than that to hit all your macros in one protein bar? Not only that, they've got tons of great flavors to fit your taste. Like I said, you can go vote for your favorite right now at BuiltBar.com. And while you're there, when you pick up that pack for yourself, we got a promo code for you. You can use LOCKED15 to save 15% on your next order from BuiltBar.com. So whether it's coconut, almond, mint brownie, whatever your favorite is, they've got something for you. Go check them out, BuiltBar.com. Vote for your favorite if you're already a customer. And don't forget promo code LOCKED15 to save 15%. My Bill Barn Madness always starts with the coconut flavor, so everybody out there, like Clancy, that wants to argue, that's fine. We'll get to that. There's a lot of who's going to win this thing out there, and that is definitely the case with who might win the services of one Deshaun Watson 
as well. There's been a lot of moves the Texans have made, some of which actually I, I find pretty intriguing. We can get to that in a little bit. But the the newest developments, the fact that Deshaun Watson is still with the Texans, there's this off-the-field issue that feels quite contrived to me, and I think it's the timing is very suspect. But it definitely, I think, leads itself towards despite what leadership says that Deshaun Watson is not going to wear a Houston Texans jersey ever again. When John McClain says the Houston Texans are going to do something and he says the Houston Texans are going to trade Deshaun Watson, you take him at his word. And the most interesting part is going to be where he lands. Ben Albright tweeting late on Wednesday, for example, that you look at your team right now, if you have a need at quarterback and you have a lot of cap space, and you haven't necessarily been terribly active in free agency, that could be because your team is waiting to see where things fall with Deshaun Watson. They might be in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. So if you're one of those teams and you're trying to guess, are we in on Deshaun Watson? We'll just go over to Over the Cap or Spotrack or whatever you use, take a look at the cap table, and, and make an educated guess. <laughs> Why are we holding on to dollars? What could we possibly go spend money on? Hmm, maybe an elite quarterback that might be available. It certainly makes sense. And I'll say this, uh, Ben has been eerily on a number of quarterback-related things in the past. Uh, we've had him on the Lockdown Chief show quite a bit to tell me just how silly I am when I make proclamations. So I'm not going to do that in this case, that's for sure. But my question is, is this off the field thing, do you feel that whatever that happens to be, I know it, it's kind of came out of nowhere from his reaction. It was definitely not something um, that he was prepared for in this process. I can't help but feel like the timing of it is a little bit suspect. And do you think that helps force his way or grease the wheels for him to leave town? I don't know if that makes it easier or makes it harder. I think the intent if it is in fact a frivolous lawsuit, and I guess I'm not really here to speculate, I don't know enough about it to do so, but I would I would assume from from the bits that I have heard that the intent would be to to throw the whole thing off, to throw a wrench into the gears. I don't know if it's going to have its intended effect. I, I honestly feel like this is going to go away pretty quickly based on the little bits that I do know, but it, it is let's just say interesting that it comes up when it comes up and, and suspect. I like that word. Yeah. I, I can't help but feel that this, uh, whatever does happen, if it does end up uh, as I feel, and I think John McClain feels that he will be leaving town. This allows, I think leadership to be able to say, see, it's okay. We had some stuff we had to deal with. Anyway, we're going to move on. We're going to start fresh with the whole brand new front office, whole nine yards. Let's go get us somebody else. And uh, it does feel like a bit of, of cover provided by this whole issue. But that said, they have been very active in free agency, and a couple of things stand out to me I want to get your take on. Uh, particularly coming out of Cleveland, they signed Terrence Mitchell, who I think is approaching the end of what he's going to do in the NFL. Uh, I was surprised by that going down there. It might be decent value, but I don't see the upside. And then one guy that I do see upside with uh, was Hurt coming out uh, initially out of college, Derek Rivers, uh, an edge rusher that I think maybe needs some development time. Do either of those signings grab you for the Texans? I did like Derek Rivers as a prospect and, and a developmental prospect, which maybe fits where they're at. Uh, they also give Ty Tyrod Taylor an incentive-laden deal, which perhaps is, is another indicator that Deshaun Watson is on his way out of town. Nothing the Texans have done, though, really moves the needle to me, just looking at the sum of their work in an AFC South that is actually pretty wide open. 
You know, you got Carson Wentz in Indy. You got most likely Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. I guess Tennessee is still probably on top of that division, right? I mean, just by the virtue of them having an offense. But the, the Tennessee defense, they lose a Dory Jackson this week. They lose their Why? promising first-round corner. The, one of the last re- recensions, the last rescinded fifth-year options we're ever going to see because the CBA changed. So, I mean, what, who's playing defense out in Tennessee? But I guess when we talked about the Texans and we were doing the cat thing with them, when we were looking at Deshaun Watson, we were both, well, at least I was thinking this was going to be a year where they should just be getting ready to rebuild. But instead, mm-hmm. you know, very active in free agency, Mark Ingram, Andre Roberts, Malik Collins, Kevin Pierre-Lewis, Tyrod Taylor, Terrence Mitchell. There's a lot of guys they've brought in. There are, although I would venture, at least in my opinion, and I did agree with you at the time, those all seem like pretty low-cost, low-level yeah. deals to fill out your roster so that you can do the big things. I have I have a ton of questions about Dory Jackson in Tennessee, by the way. Like, I know there was injury. I know there was rehab that may or may not have been completed. I want to know what the story is. I don't know that we ever will. But the one move that I think the Texans have made that we can probably glam onto because I think it does signal a change for both the organizations was the trade for Marcus Cannon. And I don't know if you feel that that's an investment worth making for whoever will be helming the Texans. But it also says that the shift that's going on in New England is something to pay attention to as well. Man, New England, are we shifting gears to talk about New England right now? Because I'm just overwhelmed by by the <laughs> amount of activity there. They, they, it's just a whole new team. Bill Belichick, do you buy? Let's let's talk narrative for a second here. Let's let's uh, let's ignore football for a second here, Ryan. Do you think okay. that hell hath no fury like a Bill Belichick scorned, and that's what we're seeing here, or or is this like Bill just saying, hey, we have cap space this year? We actually do believe in Cam Newton. We're going to build around him. Is this a mag coach or is this, you know, like Lewis Riddick thinks maybe a strategic, you know, good approach to free agency, a masterclass in the words of, of Mr. Riddick? I, I respect Lewis Riddick and what he says both in print and verbally. Um, I am not in sync on that one, though, because this feels and that's the thing uh, that stands out to me is there's a feel for this with Bill Belichick. This is not just we're moving on to the 2021 season and we're going to get what we can get. This feels like there is a concerted effort to make that jump and say, hey, 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 it's not all about the quarterback that left that got himself another ring without me. I can do things too. This does feel very targeted. And I don't know that all the moves are great. I like a couple of them. Um, I, I think I think the fit for Matt Judon in particular would have been great a few years ago if he was you know, being coached by Brendan Daly, but I think it'll be interesting seeing how that one turns out. Uh, Kendrick Bourne was a guy that I was really interested to see where he'd land and what he could do for a quarterback. How do you feel about what they're doing? And do you think that it's uh, that it's a grudge match? It's all over the map for me. I, I do kind of buy into the Bill Belichick is mad. He had a bad year and Tom Brady won a Super Bowl narrative because look at look at the spending spree. Look at what they're bringing in around Cam Newton. You got two new tight ends, two new wide receivers and and the overspend. I'm just going to call it an overspend. I think it's an overspend on Nelson Aguilar up to 13 million a year. There 11 million, I believe was a base value. I I had him probably around 8 million was what I expected. Like on the high end, you know, six to 8 million because he had a good year for Oakland, not Oakland Vegas. I'm never going to get that right. He had a good year for the Raiders, but 
I mean, he didn't have wide receiver two money, you would call that, wide receiver one money. And you're seeing the rest of the wide receiver market develop very slowly. Kenny Galladay, at the time we record this, still on the market. Uh, Will Fuller still on the market. Curtis Samuel has it reportedly narrowed down to a few teams still on the market. So Nelson Aguilar, $13 million? Or where are these other guys going to land in, in terms of price tag? Right. I think it's really interesting. And uh, let's let's actually talk the football part of it, too, because I think this is a signal going back to the two tight end approach that you saw they did a number of years ago. I think trying to get to that point where you can control the tempo of the game with those tight ends, with being able to throw down the middle. I think Aguilar works well over the middle as well. If he can continue to catch the ball consistently, we'll see. I think uh, the Trent Brown acquisition is interesting as well. Uh, the two of them going together. And I'll tell you this, the, the one that I tweeted out at the time that really caught me because I think it's like a really good fit in terms of the the mush kind of coverages that they like to run or that they can now, I think, even expand. And Jalen Mills, I think he's a guy that in that particular coaching staff might be on the upswing. If there's one thing that I'm going to trust for Bill Belichick to do in some of these free agent acquisitions, it's got to be in the secondary. That's where mm -hmm. he's really thrived with some of his free agent moves over the year, especially at corner. You look at Daryl Revis and Stefan Gilmore. I mean, those are huge finds for his defense. So I think he knows what he wants out of his defensive players. I think he's finding guys that he's going to maximize the strengths for. This isn't to say that, that Bill Belichick's going to get everything right. He spent a ton of money, and, and you've heard that you know neither Ryan nor I believe that Nelson Aguilar should have gotten that kind of money. But... Cam Newton will not be lacking for weapons this year. They, I think Kendrick Bourne will, will fit in and be a, a specific fit the way that he was in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Probably a pretty solid possession receiver. I was pretty excited to see where he would land. I thought he would be a good budget option for a lot of teams. And then Aguilar is certainly a field stretcher. And when you get those two tight ends, you know, while Bill Belichick chases the high of the last time he had two really good tight ends, maybe he can figure something out there. We'll see how it shakes out. They've spent a lot of money. They they lead, if you put any stock in this whatsoever, Ryan, they lead the PFF Improvement Index, which last year, fun fact, the top 10 teams in the PFF Improvement Index had a better win total on average by two and a half wins. So the Patriots this year leading that metric, and hey, maybe they've gotten two and a half wins better. Hey, maybe. We'll, we'll see how that works out i think anecdotally you got to put the pieces together they don't necessarily make one big puzzle we'll see how it all fits but i think there are a couple other teams that we should talk about on the back side of this and one of them includes a city by the bay bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action football might be over but the nba college basketball and hl are going to be back in full swing and bet online even covers award shows reality tv all kinds of stuff Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code's locked on for BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Ryan, you left me on quite a cliffhanger there when you, when you want to talk about which bay. Is it the Trent Williams massive contract bay? Is it... <laughs> I mean, there's so many bays in the NFL. I know, right? Um, it's not the frozen one right now up in Wisconsin. So, yeah, let's let's go out to San Francisco because I think that's been the race this whole time, right, is what's going to happen to Trent Williams. And in the end, 
old Silverback went back home, basically. And interesting contract. I think it sets them up for a little bit. But I, w- I was surprised at the total cost of it at, what, 33 years old by the time camp concludes. Did that shock you? Six years is a big contract. Now, the sixth year of this deal, they I'm almost certain can get out of without any cost at all to the cap. I'm pretty sure that six year is literally 100% a, a team option because you can only prorate the signing bonus on this deal for five years. If they have to restructure the deal at some point and, and kick it down the road, then then maybe some of this signing bonus money, I don't even know, can, can you restructure it into the sixth year if they do it later? I assume they could at that point, but I, I'm actually not sure about what the CBA says there, but five years, that, that puts him under contract for until he's 38, like you said, uh, for sure, before, before the team option kicks in effectively. And to get out of that deal, even way down the road, you're looking at pretty big dead cap hits. So the 49ers are making a bet that Trent Williams will continue to be an ageless wonder and, and continue his high level of play because he was great. He was great. And you know what, what was actually really interesting to me about Trent Williams is not so much that he went back to San Francisco because I expected that. But what was interesting to me is that the chiefs were in on it until the last minute being as tight as as tight to the cap as they are having just moved on from both of their tackles due to injuries they were they were in it for Patrick Mahomes and and how do you think Russell Wilson feels about the Chiefs going in when, when they're so tight to the cap meanwhile the Seahawks are doing whatever they're doing whatever is the right word for it right I was surprised that the Chiefs were that far into it and and that said nothing comes before protecting Mahomes in that town and that certainly makes sense to me but as they go on, man, that the length of that contract is going to be very, very interesting. And I think it does give them a window. I don't know if it always is going to include Jimmy Garoppolo. We're going to see what happens there. A couple of uh, another addition. I, I like the Alex Mack joining him on that line. I think that makes sense to me. And I'm a sucker for a fullback. So I think you've got three good pieces that you just, well, I guess you re-signed two of them. But you've got them in-house to give as much help as you can to the guy trying to call the plays and deliver the ball. So that makes sense to me. Yuschek is is an interesting one. I do not have a soft spot for fullbacks like you do. I mean, I, I definitely respect what they do. They're, they're not a glamorous position. They're a dying breed in the NFL. Kyle Yuschek, a bit of a unicorn, uh, a bit of a, a an offensive weapon for a guy that's labeled as a fullback. He certainly has a role in Shanahan's offense. Five years, $27 million is is the maximum on that deal. Good for him. But outside of those two deals, the interesting thing about San Francisco is they're going short. You got one year for Jason Verrett, who they're, they're again hoping can stay healthy. I, I believe I remember seeing reports that Verrett did have some multi-year deals. So I, I wish him the best. I hope he stays healthy and gets another opportunity for a contract. And, and this wasn't his last chance. Sam... Uh, Samson Ebucom, two years, 12 million. Emmanuel Mosley, two years, 9.4 million. Alex Mack, the one-year deal you talked about. So generally, pretty short deals in San Francisco. And we're not even seeing the, the, the typical structures that we're seeing in other on other teams. What I've seen on a lot of other teams, Ryan, is moderate signing bonuses, which as we've talked about, mm-hmm. are prorated over the life of the deal up to five years. And 
guaranteed year two salary on a lot of three-year deals for a lot of players around the league. And teams are doing this to put effectively zero salary in year one of the deal. A lot of these guys are getting a $1 million base salary, but they're getting a payday from that signing bonus. So they're mm-hmm. still getting good cash earnings and teams are going all out to, to minimize cap hits. You're seeing some void years. Those have kind of gone away a little bit as the week progressed. We saw them early in the week. We saw them going into the week, less void years in the last couple of days, I'd say. So you're minimizing your year one hit. You're giving the guarantees to the player by way of signing bonus in year two. And in most cases, because these are like 15 million ish dollar signing bonuses for, for fairly sizable deals and you're guaranteeing year two salary, which you're almost always keeping that player in year two anyway, that the, the third year is an easy out on a lot of the deals being signed. So it's kind of a win-win for, for the player. They get their guaranteed money in the first two years, good cash flow. And for owners who are willing to put up a little bit of extra cash, they're keeping that cap flexibility. And that's what most teams are doing this year. Yeah, and I think it's all coming back to what is the cap going to look like two years from now? We know how far it's down. We know that this is a major speed bump, a hurdle, a steeplechase. I don't know, the Empire State's building that you have to jump over. But we know that it's going up next season. And I think the interesting thing for me is going to be the outer deals, the the Amazon deals, the things that are on streaming media that aren't TV related. I think they're banking on some of that, taking that cap even farther into the future. I think that's smart for these teams that, like you said, the player gets their money up front, the team gets flexibility when those big deals hit, and I think that's the future of the league. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what things look like, what the cap landscape looks like in two years. That That's when it's going to be really exciting for me to see a lot of these teams sowing those void years and they're going to have to reap them at some point. We're seeing some teams dealing with that in big ways this year that, that haven't been too active in free agency that just were up to the very last minute over the cap. And, and they just snuck in under the cap when the new league year started. Going to be very interesting to see where the other foot comes down on some of these void years when we get there. And, and Ryan, one other team I want to talk about and before I went on my big cap structure rant, which I am prone to do because that stuff is really interesting to me. It's a little bit new to me and it's really important because it tells you how these teams are maximizing their resources to go for it. It tells you that Tampa, when, when they did that very first deal with the void years, that was an indicator that they were going to try to keep all their guys and they've kept all their guys. And mm-hmm. so that's why I wanted to talk about that for a little bit. But before that, we were talking about the prioritization of protecting quarterbacks and, and how the Chiefs were in on that Trent Williams deal to the last minute. One team that I think has done a pretty good job protecting their young quarterback is the Los Angeles Chargers. They've made two moves to improve that offensive line, which was one of, if not the worst offensive line in football in 2020 by adding Corey Lindsley and Matt Filer. And Matt Filer is not necessarily a household name. Corey Lindsley was thought by many to be the best available center before Rodney Hudson became available and was traded in very quick and in, in very quick order. Mm-hmm. But I really like that they've invested for Justin Herbert. They let Trey Turner go. Trey Turner had an awful year for them after a solid career before he got there. And Trey Turner kind of emblematic of, of the Chargers attempts in the past to fix their offensive line. They bring in guys that, that look good on paper Lindsley and Filer both look good on paper to me. Mm-hmm. Will they pan out? 
I, I like Lindsley. I, I am not in the minority and not knowing a ton about Filer. I don't know that I could name you his best trait right now. And so that is interesting to me. They have made some selections at the interior over the last few years. Uh, Dan Feeney, I don't think, worked out the way that they wanted. You know, they have made efforts. But I think now doubling down, it's one thing to have the veteran gunslinger that you know can get rid of the ball when he needs to versus the rookie last year that I actually think displayed better athleticism than anyone thought he had. But I don't think they want to rely on that. I think you have to double down. And by doing this, I think it allows you to give a better foundation underneath what Herbert has to do. I do feel that he is going to be pushing the boundaries, not only for his quarterback class, but for the few that are surrounding it as well. I think this only goes a lot farther to help him. The only thing I, I will question is I feel like they still need weapons, particularly uh, now at the tight end spot. I'd like to see them get more dynamic, do some things that can help that young quarterback. Uh, but it doesn't seem like that's in the cards right now. And I, I honestly think the tight end group is getting a little bit thin. Yeah, it might not be a tight end. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about Matt Filer. I've watched him play for the Steelers for quite a few years as I cover the Bengals. Uh, so I see him twice a year. He plays four positions really he can well maybe three probably right tackle in both guard positions I don't know if he's ever played center he actually was fantastic at right tackle for the Steelers two years ago before in 2020 he went back in and, and played left guard for them for most of the year he's solid at left guard too so I don't know where the Chargers plan to play him he does have positional versatility he can play right tackle if you need to in terms of traits big guy and and that's really the the most you can say about him. 32-inch arms, but he held up at right tackle, including against some of the long-arm defenders, the long-armed edge rushers in the AFC North. So that didn't seem to be a limitation for him, uh, but generally has really good size for any offensive line position, had a great bench press performance at his pro day. So So athletic testing was strong, not necessarily terribly athletic, high motor, high effort. So definitely some things to like and, and has the NFL performance as an undrafted free agent, especially to translate into a second deal on the unrestricted free on the unrestricted free agent market. So good for him for sure. But the, the point about the weapon, the Chargers still have 28 million in cap space. They could mm-hmm. go get one of these receivers if they so choose. And there are some dynamic guys out there. How about Will Fuller to the Chargers? Mm. I actually have just thought of this for the first time. I'm sure Chargers fans listening are like, duh, that'd be great. But with, <laughs> with Herbert's arm, I'd like that. Hey, uh, as someone who covers a team in that division, I don't think that I would dig it, but I could see why Justin Herbert would. And, and this this wide receiver market is just, I think, right for the picking at this point. Go get guys, go get a couple of them at these low-level deals that you feel you can put in this uh, offense I don't care if you have to mix them up, stack them on top of each other, or mix them all around. You'll find something. I think that's a great way to give an expansive. This should be the season that Justin Herbert takes what he did and expand it out. And I think the more guys that you can at least give him an option to trust, I think it's going to be important. I do want to mention one guy on the other side of the ball, though, before I forget about it. I thought one of the best signings they made was bringing back Michael Davis, a tall, long-armed corner that can turn and run. He's got a nice, aggressive edge to him. I think he's somebody that can help them in the long run in that division. So that's going to be a a very interesting progression to watch. And I'm sure about as soon as we're done recording this, there'll be some blockbuster deal that happens, and they'll start all over tomorrow 
with Chris and Q, and they'll update you on that. But this was fun. I really enjoyed this one, and I hope that you guys did as well. If you would, make sure that you're subbed to the show. We have all these guys working hard on it for you all week long. Jake and I will be back next Thursday. Jake, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. I'm here with you every Thursday, my man. It'll be a good time. Thank you. Make sure that you're subbed. Thanks for the iTunes reviews. We appreciate it, and we will talk to you next Thursday.